In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, St. Valentine got his head cut off. Third century Christian martyrs are dust, even if their names live on for the sake of buying chocolate. I still got my wife something, though, because we know we're not supposed to lay up for ourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but rather we are to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But that only kind of stands to point out that there are actually treasures on earth. There are good gifts from God down here. It's sort of why the thought of losing them is so scary. Even if we do know deep down they can't give us eternal life. And so even though I have heard these words from Jesus every single year that I have been a Christian, I I still caught myself today looking at everything that I'm supposed to be doing in this life, everything that I'm supposed to represent, everything that I'm supposed to accomplish. And all I could think is that I should be better at this. The successful and the optimists, they probably want like pride or a sense of accomplishment or something completely foreign to me. But honestly, I would genuinely settle for just not being afraid that everything's about to fall off almost every single day of my entire life. And I should be better at this. Because I cannot but escape the feeling that there has to be a way to at least ward off moth and rust and thief for a little while longer. I should be better at this because I think that would make me safer. So I will plan and I will try, I will learn, I will grow, I will spend an inordinate amount of time imagining the worst possible scenario and then how to deal with it one after another as if any of these efforts could somehow ward off moth and rust and thief. And even if you are one of those people that I will never really understand because you have like a basic sense of self-worth that leads to feelings of accomplishment that I really would like to feel someday, we have all been value, taught to value success in all things, all of us. And so it sort of makes this feel like a, a bit of a foolish exercise. The ashes will be wiped off before bed because even if we try to do this successfully, you are dust. Still, half of us will be dead set on being like really successful dust, the best dust. And the rest of us will still limp along, knowing that it's true, but still pretty convinced there has to be a way to push off the inevitable for just a little bit longer. And in both cases, all we want is success. But the ashes don't mean that. The ashes mean that you will die because you're a sinner. We'll dress it up with piety and prayer. We'll soften the blow with a joke about St. Valentine to get things going, but this is it. You are dust. And this isn't about being like better dust. This isn't about escaping it. You are dust. And to dust, you shall return. There is no way to really make that palatable. 
but it's still something that we should remember. Go home after this. Wash your face, but carry the reality with you. Memento mori. Remember your death. Successful or not, sense of accomplishment or not, we are dust. And that shapes how we fast, because we do. Jesus says, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. There's a word in there that clues us in. It's sort of like when my wife tells me, when you are doing the dishes, make sure that you don't forget to wash the pans on the stove. See, there's an implication there. It's not whether or not you're going to do it. Jesus assumes that you are going to fast. He just wants to talk about how and why. It is not an outward show. It is not for credit on earth. But the thing is, if you, if you think that it's for credit in heaven, you're going to approach it way differently than Jesus wants. Your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So like the point of Lent would be, what, make God happy by not eating the chocolate that you got on Valentine's Day until after Easter. And... I guess Jesus died on that cross too, so you both had a real bad time. You can tell that tastes bad. You can tell that's not right, because fasting is actually not about success. Fasting is about failure. This is not about what you can show God. This is about what God can show you. And so if you want to practice a discipline this Lent, that's good. Go for it. Like, really, truly, may it help you to serve your neighbor. But how about you also give up your pet sin? The one that you fall into over and over again. Give up your pride and your self-worth. Boast in nothing but Christ your Lord. Give up your catastrophizing. Do not be anxious about tomorrow. Fix your eyes on what you really should be doing here all along, but can't. Set yourself up for failure. And when you fail... Repent, rend your hearts, not your garments, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Not because you were sorry, not because you really tried your best, but because he is merciful. Sorry or not, you are dust. Tried your best or not, you are dust. But Jesus came to redeem dust. This is the season of Lent. Our Lord saw not just us doing our best and falling into failure, but saw us rushing into sin. Saw us climbing on top of each other, if only to be better than someone or something. Our Lord saw our selfishness, our insecurity, our suffering, and our death, and he would not abandon us to it. He came down from heaven to be born of a virgin, to bleed and die upon a cross for you. Lent is this. Christ died for you, a sinner, and your sins are forgiven you. The Father sees you fail, but he sees you through this cross that the Spirit has driven you to cling to for mercy. And so he sees not darkness, not ash, not dust, not death, but that which must live. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. But our Lord has redeemed the dust. He has called you more than the sum of your parts, your successes, and your failures. He has called you holy, and he insists that you have a life that would surpass even the grave. There is the reward that cannot be taken from you, that cannot be lost.
the thing finally safe from moth and rust and thief. The great joy of the church, the treasure in heaven, is that there is freedom for failures here. We are dust, and even when I think that I still have to be known by all of the treasures on earth that I am so desperate to fix or to improve upon or to accomplish, instead, I am given the gift of failure. You are dust. Success won't change that, but failure can't either, which means that thing that has kept you up at night is not yours to preserve. It is not yours to fix. It isn't even yours to maintain. You don't have to keep score at all because it is not yours to fulfill the law. That is Christ's, and it is finished. It is simply yours to be faithful. It is yours to love your neighbor, help where you can. Great good comes from it. Flee from sin. Sin breaks stuff. That's bad. Then cling to the cross for mercy that is given to failures. You wear it in your baptism. It changes your identity. You are not the sum of your successes. You are not marked by your failures. You are baptized. You are what Christ redeems. And your baptism means that we don't count anymore. Not success and not failure. Even if it all returns to dust, Christ has still borne the cross for you so that even dust would be raised from death. In the name of Jesus, amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds unto life everlasting. Amen.